Welcome, I'm your host, Clara Bade. One Woke Mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness. We seek clarity, we hunt down the truth, we dive into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them back into the new woman that we're meant to be. Hey beautiful ones, welcome to episode 065. This is actually an interview that I did with Alice Nichols from The Whole Daily, oh my god, uh, four years ago now actually. It was recorded for the private On Mama Love membership group, which now no longer exists, but you can still access the meditations and the affirmation cards over on my shop site at clarabade.com. But I wanted to share this episode because it's a chat on compassion, especially uh, self-compassion through motherhood. And I thought considering what's been unfolding in 2020 and how much is being demanded of us in so many different ways, up-leveling, learning, growing, expanding, testing boundaries, listening to rules, pushing back so much, right? I thought this conversation with Alice is really powerful and really important for us all. I absolutely adore Alice and all that she produces and puts out into the world. I think this woman is a freedom fighter. I think she's a health lover that is here to empower us to trust in ourselves. And so much of what she shares in this particular episode and also via her socials is so important for right now. So I hope you love this conversation. I highly, highly recommend that you check out Alice. She's at The Whole Daily and stay connected to her work, especially if you're questioning a lot of what's going on in the world, especially if you're into health that comes from your natural human body, the magic within and your connection to Mother Earth, especially if you are about well-being cultivated from within and especially if you are here to experience motherhood and to grow through it but also to cut out the bs to be honest and to simplify and be real about the experience and come back to a sense of self and self-compassion and honoring the process without trying to complicate it and staying true to the season that you're in to be honest this conversation is so powerful. I truly, truly hope that you love it as much as I loved doing it, but also loved re-listening to it recently and just receiving so many new nuggets of wisdom. Okay, I'll send you over to this conversation now and I hope you enjoy it. I am super, super excited to be chatting with the incredible Alice Nichols from The Whole Daily. If you have not come across Alice, I highly recommend you go and stalk her in every way possible because this woman is just such an inspiration. I know you're going to love this conversation because we are diving into the experience of self-compassion from obviously the framework of being a mama. So Alice Nichols is a functional medicine practitioner, a natural health educator, and a leader with doTERRA essential oils. She is on a mission to empower women to rise up into their true potential in life by being their own conscious CEOs. She's also a visionary to support us all in choosing natural solutions first for our physical, emotional, and environmental health so that our future generations, ourselves, and ultimately the world are much better off. See what I mean, guys? Very, very inspirational. Welcome, beautiful Alice. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. I'm so grateful that you trust me with a 30-minute time slot. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't say anything about trust. We'll see how we go. (laughs) 
I'm so excited to be here because the, your, um, the topic today is actually one that I don't get approached about that often. I think you've got a, such a beautiful message to share and, um, you know, there's a lot of business conversations and, and a lot of how do you do it conversations, mm. but self-compassion is just such a, it's such a topic that's not broached that often. So it's, yeah. I'm really excited to have a think about it and delve into your question. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. So we're going to talk about it because for me, self-compassion is something I think most of us women and of course then us mamas probably don't put high on the priority list. I know a lot of us struggle with <clears throat> being self-compassionate and being in that space of self-love. So I'm going to dive right in and ask you this question, Alice. What does self-compassion look like for you at the moment? Right. It's such a timely question for me because um, my whole family and I have had a really uh, full last month or month and a half. And look, everybody's lives are very full. Um, We've traveled overseas um, for a family vacation. And then my husband and I have also traveled to a different location overseas and done a really uh, what many people consider to be crazy kind of charity event which saw us stay in 15 different motels, so little roadside places with, you know, water running down the walls and mould and there. Yeah. Uh, 15 different motels over 18 nights and uh, come home. And I, I just shared with Claire before the interview, my daughter, who's um, four, has hand, foot and mouth disease right now, which sounds really serious. And it kind of looks gross, but it's, uh, there's you know, there's stuff going on. We're all a little tired and a little... Um, we're just breathing through the days. So self-compassion is, first of all, recognition of how I feel about my experience in life. And so what I mean by that is is I feel like we're subconsciously, we have some subconsciously created this environment where it's that go, go, go all the time and that we are we feel like we're so busy that we don't have the time to actually think, how do I feel right now? Mm. So when I got back from overseas, there was a couple of days where everything just felt a little bit crazy. And on the third day, I just sat down and thought, it feels great. How do I feel right now? I feel tired. I feel a little crazy. My to-do list, I might as well um, screw it up and put it in the bin and just wait for people to contact me and say, have you done this yet? So that I can just tick off the things that other people think are important <laughs> um, and not what I'm listing down. I'll wait till, wait till the plates start to crack. Um, so self-compassion is recognizing how I truly feel in that moment. And then it's actually about uh, doing what I can to ground myself. Um, because chaos can feel really can put you in that fight or flight response where we live a lot of our our days, which is really exhausting, not just emotionally, but to our physical body as well and our adrenals. Um, so for me, routines are about showing showing self compassion. I'm very particular uh, when when my life is chaotic to create compassionate routines, mm. and that is um, it relates to what I eat. So I get back in the kitchen. It was so great to be back in the kitchen and cook my meals from scratch um, morning, noon, and night. And I do work from home, so that's uh, very simple for me to do. My kitchen is my meditation space. I pulled the, I created the altar again. So uh, my daughters and I, we meditate, but I want to unpack that a little bit more so mm-hmm. that you don't, you don't think, how do, how do you fit that in? That's mad. So I pulled the altar out again. Um, 
with, you know, our special things on it, the girls and I and the cards that go alongside it. And then it is uh, I go to the water. That's where I show myself the greatest compassion because I grew up on the beach. I live by the bay now in Melbourne and she, the ocean, takes it, whatever it is, away. Mm. So I go to her, the water. I sit in stillness, um, imperfect stillness, and I ask myself how I feel and that's that's how I, I show compassion to myself. And then mm. I do I do those self-care practices in a routine. It's really important to me. Uh, Alice, that was just so beautiful hearing all of that because what I'm hearing, oh, the compassionate routines just, I've got that like underlined and bolded in my mm. notebook. Mm. Because what I'm hearing is just you're so in tune with simple simple things that nurture you and yeah. that fuel you back up and that you already have a clear understanding as to what you need. So when you come back to your feeling, then you know where to go straight from there. Yeah, this is correct. And I think the one thing I want to also share about my our family's meditation mm. is that uh, I experienced – you know, maybe four or five years ago, um, I went through that that unconscious expectation that I needed to do what the women on Instagram were showing up to be doing. Like mm. my meditation space had to be perfect and silent and still and white and zen and with no interruptions. And I have begun to realize that meditation is, for me, best served when it mimics or mirrors life itself because it sets you up to be able to deal with that chaos. And so life itself is uncertain, a little chaotic. It's busy at times and it is interrupted. And you're a mama, so you know, mm. I mean, I don't go through a single day without, I walked out of the, the kitchen this morning and I just said something to the kids, which they both ignored. As soon as I walked, as soon as I walked out of the room, I heard, mama, 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 where are you? And I was like, I just spoke to you and you both ignored me. <laughs> but my meditation space is in the sitting room, so it's in a public space in the house. We do turn the lights down and I put the diffuser on with frankincense in it because it's such a beautiful oil to unlock and, and release. But, um, you know, I can always hear the tally on in the, in, the, in the lounge room and Holly and Ruby both sit with me, but that's not guaranteed. They may get up and, and leave during it. Holly typically curls up in my lap like a cat. Ruby, uh, two nights ago, brought a, uh, a toy cash register into the meditation space during the medi. So there was like a ringing of the, the cash register. We have, an, we have a needy dog who just wants love. So he will come up and he will tap you with his paws to say, pat me. So our meditation is life mm. and our life then becomes more of a meditation through that practice if that makes sense oh honey it's just so beautiful and i think every mama listening to this right now has just breathed a sigh of relief it's like so it i don't i don't perfect. yeah i don't need to sit in perfect stillness on a mountain and i don't need to make sure that i'm alone and uninterrupted <laughs> and i don't need to be wearing white and i don't need to right. hit that beautiful point in my meditation practice where everything just goes ha ah. mm-hmm. that is just so helpful so helpful for all those mamas out there that think uh, I'll wait till I can meditate in the future one day when I can be uninterrupted dot 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 yeah create the perfect space that never exists in real life anyway so what are you really setting yourself up for Mm. 
yeah, disappointment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Major disappointment. You know, I'm going through an experience right now where I don't even know what this is or what's possible, but Mm. Soleil has all her 20 teeth, right? Which I thought was what you get as a child and that's that. But, uh, <laughs> my daughter's a little bit of a freak of nature and she does everything a little bit early and a bit advanced. So she's cutting t- more teeth. I don't know where these have come from, but she's cutting more teeth. Uh, <laughs> thank you, God, for sending me <laughs> yeah. super teethy child. Um, and so, of course, we're back to the waking all hours of the night and the night terrors and the really insane irritable behavior and all that kind of stuff. And so gone are those chunks of time in the morning that I used to have where I would get up Mm. and do a dedicated morning practice. And I'm okay with that because it has ebbed and flowed from the day I fell pregnant. You know, just, that's just what happens. So now that she's no longer uh, creating that space for me in the morning, rather than begrudge her that I'm just finding other pockets of my day. And that might just be gazing at a tree on a windy day and watching how the leaves move and just bringing my full attention onto that. Or just standing with Soleil on the balcony and practicing deep breathing with our hands in the air. And it ends up being a bit of a giggle fest. Yeah. But I really love that you shared that because you are creating intention and you are creating uh, self-compassion for yourself and for your children and inviting them to learn that as well. But you're completely erasing the idea of perfection and the goal involved, which I think is so integral in the whole idea of what meditation is supposed to teach us in the first place so I thank you for that no I think it's great and I love what you're I love what you're doing as well that's similar I feel the same way there's always those moments that you can grab I'm actually watching a tree out the window now in the wind so that's quite amazing I love that just you take the time where you can and there's always time there's always time yeah it's about bringing your full attention and awareness onto that thing isn't it and be there just for a second or a moment and then resetting from that point. And I think we often get really confused, especially when we're talking about self-love and self-compassion, that it has to be this big show, this big thing. You know, I love myself, so I'm going to dedicate an entire 24 hours to all these experiences and actions that demonstrate to the world that I love myself enough. Whereas I don't think that's actually true. So, you know, some of the things that you've you've given us eating well your altar and your meditation space going to the water and being with the ocean and sitting in stillness none of that costs anything Mm-mm-mm. and it's awesome <laughs> i know do you know i actually uh i have this new self-check that i do actually which is really rocking my world <clears throat> and i understand it may it may trigger those women who are feeling a little bit less than or lacking, but it may also be a call to action as well. So I have two daughters and uh, my new self-check is, would I be happy if my daughters were living my life right now? Mm. And if I am not, um, for me, it's just a little bit of course correction. So, um, you know, I was pulling the laptop out before they went to bed a couple of times recently, just because I knew that that list was long. And so I I was like, would I be happy if they were doing that if they were the mum? And the answer was no. So now it doesn't, I don't do work in front of them anymore. So it's, yeah, that's my new self-check. And how does that relate to you, you in terms of self-compassion? How does that bring it back to you? Uh, well, that's a really great question. So I feel like they are 
the mirrors. Mm. Um, and maybe you feel this as well because you said, why? Thank you, God, for giving me this child, mm. which whoever that is to you, it has happened for a reason. Yeah. So uh, I have an addictive personality. And so for me, it's gone from uh, things that are not quite as healthy for me to potentially my creativity and my work. So my expression of work can uh, it can be both a blessing and a source of my most immense gratitude and also um, I'm not going to say curse but it's something that I can definitely put you know too much energy into at times mm. so the self-compassion comes with uh, first there the mirror to that area I need to course correct on and the compassion is um, the question in itself of saying would you be happy if they were living this life is the way that I self-care. Yes. Because I would only ever want their, and self-care and self, self-compassion, self because I would only ever want their lives to be beautiful, rich, fulfilling. You know, there's always light and shade. No one uh, gets out without struggle and, and the need to surrender and pain and, and that side of things as well. That's actually the balance of life. But um, the compassion is hearing it, taking action if I can, at that time sometimes there's things that I'll need to course correct on but I'm well aware that I just need that one more day or that one more moment in that space or and knowing that that's fluid as well so if I'm aware of it so the awareness comes first then the decision to take action either in that moment or to create a plan for that and to be okay with that change mm -hmm. as well I don't know if that makes sense it does it does that's I'm hearing to me <laughs> I'm hearing that, you know, your, your beautiful girls are a mirror for you on what you need to course correct and what you need to tweak and adjust because it's not just about them. Obviously, you want them to have a rich and beautiful life and you want to set the behaviours up and the, the patterns for them to learn from you from mm. now. But in course correcting, you're realising if I want them to have a rich and beautiful life, I have to have a rich and beautiful life. And part yes. of that is practicing self-compassion in these little ways and making these little changes so that I'm nurturing myself and then I'm teaching them just by them observing that this is what a self-compassionate life looks like. My biggest, I've just recognised actually in you saying that, so I'll send you the check for the psych psychology session afterwards. <laughs> you can invoice me. Um, is that I'm wrong a lot uh, openly with my girls so if I do something and I realize it's not you know either later or in that moment that it's really not appropriate or I'm actually making a mistake or I screwed up I'm the first person to say I just don't think it I don't think oh gosh like that was a mistake and then pretend like oh la di da mummy's perfect I will go to them so whether it's in the car or whether we're in the house and let them know that I was wrong and that sometimes adults make mistakes and mummies and daddies make mistakes too and that that's okay. And that's, I think I see their compassion in that too. So it's, you know, be that's that, that I suppose the gift, I mean, as Brene Brown would say, that would be a gift to them of imperfection, I suppose, mm -hmm. which helps them to see that it's all quite um, fluid as well, that experience that we have in life, which I think is really important. But mm -hmm. that's compassion to me as it well is, because yeah. it's like, guess what? I'm not infallible, not unbreakable, not always right. Oh, gosh, that would be so much pressure. I would have an anxiety attack if I had to be perfect. 
Oh, I love, I love that. I do the same with Soleil. I'm always explaining to her, you know what? Mummy told you the other day not to snatch and I just snatched and that's not nice. <gasps> I've been there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't yell at your sister. Yeah. <laughs> screaming at them. Totally. Yes. But I think the, the reason that's such a powerful act of self-compassion, because in doing so, in voicing it as a way to teach them, you are forgiving yourself in the moment. <coughs> Sorry, I just choked on my herbal tea. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're forgiven. You are forgiven. (laughs) Thank you so much, darling. (laughs) No problem. But yeah, I see that as a powerful act in in forgiveness and self-forgiveness and self-love because in order for you to to rise above your crap, you have to have already moved past it and been okay with it so that you can teach them that it's okay. Totally. So Uh, powerful. Powerful. So let's talk about other other mamas in this situation who are maybe just – first exploring this idea of self-compassion and only just now starting to maybe see, wow, I'm often angry at myself or judging myself Mm. or not forgiving myself or in self-hatred cycle. How how can we support these mamas to start practicing little pockets of self-compassion throughout their day? What could you say to them to say, you know what, this is going to support you. Try this. I... I don't know if this is an activity that they would like to do, but I'd probably uh, recommend something along these lines. So I've begun to realise that us mums put a lot of expect a lot of things on our plates that we feel like the world expects from us. So whether that's dropping the kids at daycare in clothes that don't have stains on them, or having their hair brushed every morning, or making sure, like whatever you know, whatever that is, and then when you turn up for work doing every job the boss asks you to do plus more, and then uh, going out for after work drinks when you know you want to, or for dancing, or whatever the case may be, when you want to go back and um, you know pick up your kids or something like that. I I really I feel like we almost need to list the things that we think we must do, and then start to I know this is getting very granular, but start to rate them. So what do I feel I have to do every day? And then out of ten, how important is that to you? Without um, placing the expectation of what other pe- of what other people think on it, like what would actually matter to you, mm. um, and so and then pulling and literally pulling or cancelling those things out of your life that you think are important but that you realise are no longer important. Actually, I actually because I do have the um, the the ability to do to say yes to too much and to put too much on my plate. There was one year when Ruby was. Uh, there was probably one three-month period when Ruby was about eight months old and Holly was about three, and I had said yes to way too many things, including a, a national tour with a health, uh, like a um, health talks type of thing. Mm. And they were all the things that I thought I should do, um, and I had all of these guilty feelings about saying no to any of them. And one day I just reached the point where I thought, if I do not look after my health and my family first then this is this next three months is going to end terribly and what I did was and I'll never forget it I emailed every single thing I had said yes to and I cancelled it but I did not give them a reason why and a lot of them were quite like wanting to know why which really it doesn't matter Mm. (laughs) but I cancelled everything and it was the most freeing experience in my business and life I think I have remembered in the last few years. So I think we need to reassess what we think is important, what we think we should do, 
and then literally start to pull some things out um, as a way of giving ourselves the space to be compassionate. You need space. We need space. And our mental capacity is really, really full a lot of the time. We do. Um, yeah. And that so, in itself is a massive self-compassion learning for a mum, isn't it? Remembering that you are a mummer and even if you don't want it to be the only thing in your life, it actually consumes almost everything. So you do mm-hmm. need space. It's it's really consuming. So I have an identical twin sister. It's ah. really, really, yeah, it's really, really interesting because she, uh, she's she got a beautiful man in her life um, but she doesn't have kids yet. So uh, I have almost... an identical DNA mirror in front of me of what the opposite side of it is, you know. Um, And it's so interesting what our two two lives are like. Like you can – I mean, I know we all think we're we're looking at people – if we have kids, we look at people who don't have kids and and think we understand their lives. And then she looks at me, obviously, and thinks she understands my life. It's always incredibly tricky, but it's so interesting to see just the different versions of what we both – do or can do or how fast we can turn on a dime and make decisions or jump on the plane or go to the dinner or head to the beach and how long that takes like all of those different things you know so we actually were two identical twins and yet we have to make completely different like completely different decisions about how we live our days it's so radically different and we must be okay with that because it's impossible to live somebody else's version of what life is, like truly impossible. And mama to mama, that's exactly true as well. Um, Gosh, uh, she must be an interesting mirror as well, Alice, if she's your identical twin and she hasn't had years of sleep deprivation. (laughs) Oh, do you know, sleep deprivation is so, I mean, it was used in the war as a form of torture. We forget this. Oh, I haven't forgotten that. No, No, unfortunately that's engraved in my memory. But I think, and I think we feel like we shouldn't be, I think we feel like, uh, we shouldn't feel completely physically and mentally exhausted if we're lacking sleep because all the mamas before us have done it, right? So, yeah. like, why do I feel like this? It's to- it's actual torture. Mm. It is actual torture. Or that you're supposed to be okay with it because you have yeah. this beautiful blessing of a child or children and mm. you just have to suck it up. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's a whole separate conversation. And I think for a lot of the mamas actually listening to this who are severely sleep-deprived, I just want to add here what Alice has mentioned as a tool you know to go through and actually rate everything and then delete the things I think that's a really powerful thing to do in those periods where you can see all right I'm in the trenches of sleep deprivation and it looks like this is not going to stop for a little bit Mm. do that then especially like cull 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 it will pass but until that point delete control alt delete as much as you can totally because I think we use the words I have to Mm. way too often yeah, we we use them for everything. We use them for the things we choose to do that we never really wanted to do in the first place. I have to do this. Like we, we actually create that for ourselves. I have to. Mm-hmm. If we could change it and then say I get to, we might take things out that we didn't really want to do in the first place. Yeah, I choose to, yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's so inspiring listening to you because you, you went and explained that beautiful example where you cancelled all of those work commitments. But it's so inspiring to hear that because here you are very successful in your business right and it it just goes Mm. to show that you might go through a period of time where self-compassion has to be your number one priority and you do cancel and delete so many things and elements of your life but that doesn't mean that it's the end it doesn't mean that you're not going to rise again in that area of your life it doesn't mean you're failing it's just that period of time oh gosh oh i was listening to a ted talk last night and i cannot uh for the life of it might have been a woman called laurie harder 
Um, but she mentioned there was one part of the TED Talk in particular that resonated with me, and she was talking about resistance training and the actual physical uh, the physical result of resistance training, which is where when you are, say, at the gym and you lift a weight and you do so until you're nearly at failure where you can't <clears throat> can no longer lift that weight, what's happening is that your muscle fibre uh, is creating a lot of small tears in it, which then when they knit back together again, become larger and stronger. Mm. And so, you know, she was saying, what are you failing at today? <laughs> because if you're not failing, you're actually not creating the strength for yourself in your life. And That's I thought awesome. that was really, really awesome. Totally. So for me, I actually, every time I put too much on my plate and I go back and, and uh, see where I can pull things out, which has happened probably two more times since then, never as, um, never <laughs> as big as those 30 emails I sent out that day. Um, but I can always, you know, say what, what now am I going to, you know, um, like when I had the idea that I was going to do this and it was going to be amazing, what can I say now? Look, this is not going to work, which is admitting to yourself that you've potentially made a mistake or admitting you've put too much on your plate. But what you're doing is creating. It's not just the strength in that moment. For me now, because of that first time I cancelled 30 things, every time I need to cancel something now, it's easy. Yeah. I just find it so easy. It's a muscle. So that in itself, the failing is a muscle or the, and failing in the non negative terms you know mm -hmm. i see it as a strength and empowerment saying no is is empowering cancelling something is bloody empowering but we have to actually be comfortable with other people maybe not liking it and yes. this is a, this is a woman and a mama's biggest biggest um growth or let, uh, biggest area for growth yeah. is that and I always ask myself, am I waking up with you in the morning? Are you in my house when I open the door at night? And if you're not, I don't care. And I know it sounds really No, it you know, doesn't. I harsh, love it. But seriously. No, it's not harsh at all. And I actually think we need to empower women to not give a fuck more, honestly. Totally. Honestly, be, because <laughs> I, and I'm really good at it. Unfortunately, yeah. being number, number five in my family, of you know, five children, family of seven, I'm really good at not caring. I'm really good at it. Sometimes it's to other people's detriment and sometimes it's not the greatest quality, but I'm really good at it. And I'm really proud of not being good at saying yes, actually, because I, I see it breaks so many other women. And I, I wrote a newsletter a few months back when I was quitting one network marketing company and joining doTERRA. Yeah. And it was about when is it okay to give up? And, you know, and the, the core of that was... You're only giving up if you see it as a failure and you're only giving up if you, if you are attaching to expectations and mostly measuring yourself up against other people. But when you're really sitting with the truth of what you want and what feels right for you and what your intuition is telling you, and that might be don't do anything all day and just watch Netflix in mm. bed all day. If you're mm. being really, really true to that and you and you actually don't care about measuring yourself up to other people, then it's not giving up and it's not failure. It's actually really empowering. Yes. And do you know, like, uh, my, I love my meditations, my favorite ever. And I mean, you know, whether somebody else likes these or not, that's, it's, I don't care. These are the ones I like. So my favorite are Abraham Hicks meditations for a couple of reasons. So I have the app, uh, they have an app called into the vortex. So there's about five or six, 15 minute guided meditations on that. They're based on the law of attraction, which I really, really love. So that, which, the uh, desire is already here and then by the law of attraction it must show up it is so which I love that, that idea but 
the and I love them because they don't also force you to sit cross-legged in front you know in a TP with your mm. diffuser on during the perfect moments in life because you could listen in the car you could be in bed you can be walking the dog you could be you know watching the kids swim on the week whatever it is but there is in their relationships guided meditation there is two lines and it says do not shore up other people's weaknesses with your strengths mm. it does not serve them and it does not serve you Yum. see them as they want to see themselves I know it's the best it's the best because I say yes to doing things for other people because either they feel like they can't do them or because I feel like I can do them better and it's so wrong like it's not you know it's not good for either of us I get burned out they don't learn they don't learn anything but also it means that they're not seeing themselves as that you know whether it's the conscious CEO or the, the conscious mama or the the woman who can do something new or something different, you know, like if I'm doing that for them or if I'm helping fill the gap for somebody else first, neither of us are actually growing out of that. So it's mm. really powerful. I love that. I hope everybody listening just goes and downloads, can't speak all of a sudden, downloads that app because that just sounds really supportive and especially that you can listen to it at any time. Oh, it's good. Sometimes if I'm if I struggle to sleep, so they're 15 minutes each. I've been known to listen to say three, so 45 minutes in bed at night. And Esther Hicks's voice is just, or Esther's voice is just beautiful. And there's this beautiful music behind it. And uh, by the third meditation, I always fall asleep in it. Mm. And it's just, yeah, I really recommend them. Hello, subconscious mind programming. So good, so good. They've changed my life. They actually have, in fact. You know, there's going to be a time in the next couple of years where, you know, potentially I, I need to stand on stage and do an Oscar speech type of thing. <laughs> oh, you know what? You are a manifester. I watch you online and I think this woman is co-creating big time with the universe. So clearly it's, something's it's, working for you. Abraham. <laughs> I, I seriously. You've got him in your pocket. Totally. <laughs> Love it. Oh, well, you've given us lots of guidance around meditation so far which is so awesome and I love that you've included your daughters in it and I love that you've also found ways to make it work in your life so that it's not this um you know ideal Instagram perfection mode and that's not to say that if you don't have space to sit and meditate and stillness that it's wrong but I love that you've given us the um the alternatives and help helped us to see how flexible meditation can be so lots of ideas for self-compassion as well and for me the biggest takeout from what we've been talking about is you know, essentially getting very clear on what you feel. That's like the first step, really. You know, what, what mm. do I feel and what's going on here? And then what can I do from this point? And the other element that's really coming through from this conversation, and I don't know if you agree with this, but it's really about self-awareness, isn't it? Being able to notice when you're slipping into the opposite of self-compassion. You know, you're slipping into judgment or anger or mm -hmm. frustration or self-loathing and being able to just mindfully ease yourself out of that by making different choices yeah I but there's been two points this week I was listening to Oprah Winfrey's soul uh, uh what's it called not super uh, super soul conversations so her oh, yeah. new podcast which I think is taken from some of the super soul Sunday convos that she's had on her show and Cheryl Sandberg was talking about when her husband died, uh, how if you're feeling frustration, then you get frustrated, you feel frustrated, so then you compounded the frustration. If you're angry, then you get angry that you're angry, then you've compounded the angry. 
And then I also bought a book at the airport the other night called, it's by Mark Manson. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And it is, I'm so far just into it so much. Mm. And both of them say the same thing. You've got to be really careful what you're compounding. It was like two times within 48 hours that I'd heard the exact same message. So if we are feeling guilty about not doing the things we think we should at Mama's, then all of a sudden we feel guilty about feeling guilty. You know, if we're, and that comes, and that's, that's in line with the mindfulness. If we can understand we feel guilty, then we can actually make the conscious decision to say, it's okay, I'm human. Mm. Let's just make a decision to pivot, course correct, whatever it is. It's not like let's allow the subconscious thought to drag me down into that quagmire. It's, it's mm. not healthy. It's all about vulnerability and authenticity, whether you're being honest with your children or honest with yourself by voicing that you're aware that you have been angry, guilty, frustrated, made a mistake. You're essentially stepping right into self-compassion, self-forgiveness, simply by being a little bit vulnerable and more honest and authentic with yourself. Yeah. You know, I just thought of something because I've got a lot of women in my life who come to me and they are numbing. And so for me, I can sometimes use work as a form of numbing, but I know a lot of women, they talk to me about, um, you know, alcohol and I'm obviously becoming conscious of your time. It's a conversation that I can, you know, obviously have for a long time because I've had my own experiences with numbing with, um, you know, drugs and alcohol. But there's a lot of that within the mama's circles at the moment. And so a lot of women bring that to me. And so I think it's really, really hard. I really want to bring that up because it's really hard to be aware of how you feel if you're drinking three glasses of red wine a night. Yeah. And I really, and you feel like in the morning you're fine, but you don't realize how incredibly clear you can feel if you maybe just rest on that for a little while. I don't feel like everybody needs to be sober but I think be careful of where you numb because yeah. whether whether it's medication, uh, addiction to um, drugs or even two glasses of red wine a night or three a night or whether it's – you could potentially be numbing by shopping or Netflix or like mm. whatever the case may be, you know, definitely watch Netflix though because Animal Kingdom <laughs> is very good <laughs> just, for the, just for the eye candy. But, um, yeah, I think it's really, really important that if we seek – if we want to create that awareness, it's a really great thing to try and say, to ask ourselves as well, am I, could I potentially be numbing and is, can I remove that so I can create that awareness just for a while and yeah. see how it I think that's a really, really important thing that you've highlighted. I really do. And I think that the consciousness and the self-awareness and the being able to tune into your feelings, whole conversation, we can't do that if we're numbing out. And I'm really glad you've highlighted that. And it's mm. kind of got me thinking, where am I numbing out? We all are somewhere, but yeah. it's, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's human nature. It's, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we have to. Sometimes there's a coping mechanism just to get through the day, not to obviously go drink three glasses of wine, but sometimes there's a natural human coping totally. mechanism that kicks in. It's when we kind of get into a pattern of it, isn't it? And we think we're being compassionate with ourselves, but actually we're disconnecting and shutting off. Totally. And, you know, people laugh at me actually because they think that because I am really into some cerebral uh, personal development work, like whether that's Abraham or whether that's, you know, Eckhart or that, that I'm going to be reading, uh, really, <laughs> really intelligent books. But, you know, I read, I read Michael Connolly. I read Nikki French. I read, uh, like when I need to zone out, I read a book about murder, yep. crappy murder. And it's the best and I love it and it's so good for me. That's your numbing out when you need it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Or Yay. a little bit of naps. I don't mind. Oh, I know. I wish Outlander could just come back with season whatever. I know. Oh, stop teasing me. 
<laughs> okay, my beautiful, beautiful woman, I could talk to you for hours. So we're going to wrap up here with one final question. And I know that you're going to have more than one piece of advice, but <laughs> bearing in mind that On Mama Love is about inviting meditation, mindfulness, and self-love into mama's lives. Mm-hmm. What is one piece of advice that you could pass on to other mamas, whatever stage of their journey they're at? I think honesty, honesty, mm. honesty first to self, honesty to those closest to you without an expectation of what the response back is going to be. Yum. That's so beautiful. For a woman who has many words, you really summed that up quite well. I think it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's really important because we, we okay, so there, I mean, there's more women than men. There's more mamas past a certain age than not. And yet we collectively are bullshitting the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, come on, ladies. You know, yeah, I, you got I don't, it's whining and honesty, but, you know, it's not about whining, but just very honest with yourself it's okay rest well we're obviously craving it because i get message after message after message on instagram of people saying to me i love your instagram stories because you're so authentic and you're so real and your hair is in a messy bun and you forgot to put makeup on your face and da 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 and i just think every time i read that mess those messages i smile because i just yes. think i don't know how to do anything else other than that yeah but i'm really glad that that's making you smile today because this is all that it's about, right? Real. Re- it, real. It's, yes. This is it. Yep. If you are living your life in a way that has other women saying, me too, you've got it. Yeah. You know? It's when people are like, I wish I had her life. I don't know how she does it. That's when you think, hmm. <laughs> we're missing something. We're missing a key there. It's a whole different ball game when we're talking about self-compassion in the world of social media, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. That's a whole yeah. separate conversation. <laughs> yeah, it is, darling. My beautiful, beautiful fellow mama and friend and doTERRA leader and inspiring all-round just magnificent soul, thank you for sharing your wisdom and so much wisdom with us today. I'm really, really, really grateful for it. And you don't even know how much light you've given me from this conversation, let alone the other mamas listening. So thank mm. you very much, Alice. Gosh, I'm so grateful. I'm really, really honoured to chat with you about this. As I said, it's a topic I don't get to talk about that often, so it's it's helped me. I've grown out of it, and, and those questions that you've asked me, I get to ask myself too, which I don't often get to do, so I'm really honoured, and I hope it does help others. And, you know, I hear what you're saying as well. I'm Me too, you know, that's how I feel about women and mums, whether they, whether they show me what's happening or not. Me too. Yay, me too. I love you. Thank you so much. Love you. Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you so much for tuning into One Woke Mama. If you found this episode supportive, please subscribe and leave a five-star review over on iTunes. This is the best way to cheer me on and to ensure that One Woke Mama lands in the hearts and the ears of those that need it most. If you can think of somebody who would gain value from this podcast, please consider sharing it and doing them a favor. You can find me at claireobade.com or over on Instagram under Claire Obeyed underscore. I'm just one mama on the path to woke and I hope you choose to wake up with me too.